0: Warning, the Catholic Man Show is about to begin. If you're looking for a dull, feel-good religion, or clap your hands, sit around the campfire kumbaya, you've come to the wrong place. We are dealing with toxic levels of authentic masculinity. I would say good luck, but luck is for payments. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Hopefully it is a Catholic Man Show, Glenn Karen, whiskey glass that you receive for free if you join Patreon, patreon.com slash the Catholic Man Show. It's a gift. It is a free gift. If you pass. If you pass. (laughs) (laughs) However, we do lose money the first month. So... There's that. We're also... Hey, uh, tomorrow, if you're listening to li- this live, uh, we're doing the bookstay on Euthyphro. Yes. That is great. And you're going to join us. I will be there. That'll be the first... It'll be your your first... Inaugural. Intro- yeah. Introduction to the book club. Yeah. I, I thought you were going to say Euthyphro. No. I was going to say, bro. No, 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 no. But I'm yeah. really excited about... Re- like, I- Me too. After reading it again... Uh, I, you know, it's a nice short read. It's a great short read. You, you know, we've talked about this before, but you, you know, when you read something, you should underline it and like make notes, so that way the next time you read you read a book, so you can reread it, right? And so, mm-hmm. uh, it's really fun to go back and as you reread a text, you see where your mind was, where your headspace was in certain texts, and like you maybe develop new opinions, maybe you you, you expound upon the opinions that you had. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really cool to have a, this a slow read of a text. Yeah. What I like to do, and I know
1: I've said this before, is the first read, just read it through. Don't don't worry about having that slow read. Mm-hmm. The reason I like to do that is because sometimes when I'm going through a, a book or a text for the very first time, something strikes me as, oh, this is important. Mm-hmm. And so I'll underline it. And then as I progress, I realize that is not the important thing. you mm-hmm. know. And so now I have this thing that's underlined sticking out at me that is like, no, yeah, I, I, wa- I wish I could underline that part of that is like my OCD tendencies that want everything to be yes, just, yeah, no. just right. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. but it also is just helpful before you spend the, like, you know, cause we're talking about putting an in effort into some of these texts and you know, you want to be selective about what you spend your time on. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the classics, um, are a, that's that's where you want to go. Not that there's not new things out there that are are worthy of of you know attention. Mm-hmm. Certainly there are, but um, I, it's just nice to read it through once, especially a shorter book um, like Euthyphro, mm-hmm. where you can easily do that. You can just you know read through it and then come back. Now that you have an idea of what the story is about, right. um, you have an idea like the arc and mm-hmm. the the you know you have a, a a grasp on it. Now when you go and do that slow read, it. It's. I think it's a better use of your slow
0: time. Mm. Okay, you know what I mean. Yeah, I like that. So, I agree. But yeah, so that's gonna be fun. Uh, we we try to do a, 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 a we try to read a few books every year with with, with patrons. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And so we'll do Euthyphro. and Then I think we're gonna get. I mean, I think we're gonna stay on Plato for a little while, maybe for the, for the full year, and just kind of read some of his dialogues. The dialogues are so great. They're so good. I really, I really enjoy them. I don't know why. I didn't even really know about them until not that long ago. we got to give it up to uh, you know Deacon Harrison-Garlic for introducing us. Yeah. So, that's um, true. Anyway, uh, also something that's really going to be great. We're talking about Eucharistic Heresies this evening, but something that's going to be really great that we're doing with uh, our patrons, $10 uh, or more a month. Uh, sign up today, patreon.com slash Show. We're offering a free course for our patrons on what St. Thomas Aquinas talks about or what he talks about the Eucharist in the Summa. Um, And Carlo Broussard, a Catholic apologist, a Catholic Answers apologist, uh, is going to walk through uh, each question in the Summa on the Eucharist, uh, what Thomas says, what the objections are, uh, how he answers those objections, and then give commentary on each question. Um, of like, hey, here's why he said this. You know, pay attention to this. Here's some extra resources. He's gonna have a handout for uh, for for you to uh, have a study guide for, and this is gonna be a great opportunity to uh, a great resource for you as the Eucharist revival is in year two of year three, two of three. Um, you know, to to really learn more about the Eucharist and its richness and the source and summit of our faith. So, uh, he's I will probably release the first one. I'm thinking within the next two weeks. Um, and there's. 10. There's gonna be 10 classes on it. So, awesome. I can't wait. I can't wait to, to get to do it myself. Right. So, um. anyway, just another... Every time I talk to Carlo about, you know,
1: when we start to have real conversation, mm-hmm. or about the Summa, especially, they mm-hmm. always learn, it's like, man, I did not know that. That's really awesome. So, anyway... Uh, there's a lot of reasons, a lot of great reasons to be a patron of the Catholic Man Show. The We have that class that you're talking about we also have the other one that's available still uh, that yep. he did on the five ways which was mm-hmm. excellent also you get to come to the camp out that's right um, for free
0: yeah let me just give a like uh, like a PSA public service announcement here on because you've camp been out. you've been getting emails
1: I've been getting a ton
0: of emails from which people which is great I mean that you know like hey we get it you want to come and yeah. we're excited yeah and we're we're excited too yeah we're we're excited that you want to come we and hope you can I'm excited that you're not emailing me yeah <laughs> So I've been getting a lot of emails asking about when is the sign-up going to happen uh, for the camp out. Um, you when, know When and, is and, the sign-up going to happen? Well, that's a good question because I'm actually only, I basically at the end of this month, I'm not going to give a, a certain date because I don't know when exactly when I'm going to open it. Whenever I have time. When you time. get around to it? Yes, but really the, the best way to know about it. Is sign up for our email list uh, or email mm. you know a newsletter if you go to the yeah, Catholic Man we'll send out a couple emails right we've already done one and so um, go to the CatholicMancho.com. the first thing that you can see on there but I mean when we, when we do set the date it's not going to be the date is tomorrow
1: right right you know we're, we're going to put it out so that you have time to be ready
0: to, to sign up right. at the right time but uh, really the best way to do it is to become a patron because uh, patrons are open to it first we only get 65 spots the truth is if you're not a patron you're just not gonna be able to come you probably will not be okay. able to come, and it's it's uh it's free for all patrons yeah so i mean we're gonna you know we'll pay for the food we'll pay for the beer we have extra tent equipment for so if you're flying in we'll have extra camping equipment for you and if you guys are just now tuning into the show i know we've we, we've added a couple radio stations recently uh to, to the mix. So we, we go to Clear Creek Abbey, which is a Benedictine uh, abbey that is here in uh, the great state of Oklahoma, and it's we we stay on their land, we uh, have cookouts, we have uh, a cigar rolling class, we have axe throwing, we have... We'll have free beer. Free beer, food, free food. The food is
1: all provided. We're there with the monks, so... Um, we're praying with them. Yeah. We get to go and do the liturgy hours with them, at, you know, like... As we as we so desire, you know, it's not mm-hmm. like we have to go to all of them, but we also will get the chance to interact with them a little bit, um, share some meals, right, with the monks themselves. We have a
0: night of, uh, of, of uh, Irish drink, drinking songs, yeah, um, Irish music. We have, you know, it, uh, we have whiskey tasting. I mean, it is it is a awesome weekend. We don't have anything that's scheduled where you have to get. Hopefully, we to can it.
1: we can have the forge set up again. Yeah, so we have a, a forge. I, I, I think that I think that we'll have the forge set up. I don't see why we wouldn't.
0: I mean, Clear Creek is amazing, and so, it's an it experience in and of itself. If you're looking, we've talked about having a good retreat to get out of lukewarmness recently on one of the episodes. Yeah. If you're looking for a retreat, this is a good opportunity for you, because you're going to be surrounded by a, a lot of phenomenal it, Catholic year, The guys
1: who are there for the first time, they say, this is like, specifically about the monks mm-hmm. and, and experiencing their um, way of praying, mm-hmm. which is just the traditional Gregorian chant, mm-hmm. but, I mean, most people have never actually seen a
0: full abbey mm-hmm. at prayer, chanting in the Gregorian it's, it's style. It's And it is quite amazing. So we're going to do that. Uh, best way, again, patreon.com slash Show. But uh, another thing that we have at the camp out are grill guns. Oh, yeah, bro. If you've never we, heard... <laughs>
1: there's usually a handful of them. If you don't know what grill guns are, Dave, what are those? Well, you know, the it goes back. The, the connection between the Catholic Man Show and the grill gun is... Um, congenital really uh because back in the day when we used to really put an emphasis on highlighting a man gear as part of of the show yeah one of the most popular ones and still my favorite was the flamethrower that was you know i personally if you don't know me i have an affinity for flamethrowers and fire in general so I mean, it's really, it's, I have an affinity for fire, so if you can control control it and project it through the air, that's awesome, right? I mean, of course, that's going to be cool. So, we did a flamethrower as the man gear. Around the same time, unbeknownst to us, one of our friends uh, here in the Catholic community of Tulsa was developing a flamethrower um, in his garage that he was planning on selling, and it is now uh, available. It's called the grill gun. It's it's a propane torch designed to light your charcoal in about 20 to 30 seconds. Um, or anything, actually. It'll light anything. <laughs> if you have something that's not on fire
0: and you want it to be You're on like, fire... You're like, hey, get that thing on fire quick.
1: Yes. The grill gun is the most efficient tool to achieve your end. Um, you can go to grillblazer.com. I, uh, we're about about to run into the break, and I, so I want to tell... Story about what I've done over this last weekend that was absolutely incredible. Um, Bob Healy, the inventor of the grill gun, invited me on a very special trip. He actually invited Adam too, but unfortunately, you couldn't come, Adam. Right. Due to uh, you had family uh, vacation scheduled, so yeah. you know my pri- par- priorities. But <laughs> you really missed out.
0: Yes. Well, it was my parents' uh, 39th wedding anniversary, oh. and. To Cheers. celebrate, they always rent an Airbnb and invite the family out. And we rent a pontoon boat, go tubing. Yeah, it's, and it's,
1: that's your, that's your that's family thing. Vac- I mean, you guys have that. That's your one, like, right. you guys get together, but that's your vacation. You had to be there. But right. Anyway, I'll tell the story when we get back. All right.
0: Wouldn't it be nice right after you get up and you say your prayers in the morning, you could check your phone and get caught up on all things that are happening in the Catholic world? That's exactly what GetTheLoop.com does. Go to GetTheLoop.com. Make sure you let them know that we sent you. It's a really easy way to help support the Catholic Man Show because the more people we send to GetTheLoop.com for a free email, it's the only email that Dave ever reads. But by signing up for their email, you're also supporting us because they're supporting our show. This episode is brought to you by GetTheLoop.com. Again, it's the place to go to get daily emails that recap all the big issues from a Catholic perspective. Go to GetTheLoop.com. Make sure you tell them the Catholic Mantra sent you. Cheers.
1: Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. This is the Catholic Man Show. It's been going on since 2016. If you're new to the show, Adam and I, we've been best friends since kindergarten, which is further and further in the distance all the time. <laughs> yeah. Dude, we, I was like 27 when we started this show.
0: I know. Is that right? No. Seven, 29. I must have been 29. 29. We were under 30. Under 30. I was like, 27? Yeah, I think I was thir- like, I was 27 30. seemed too young. I was going to say, yeah, I, was, I'm I was almost 37. We haven't been doing it for 10 years. No, uh, I was approaching 30 when we started. Yeah.
1: It's crazy. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so this weekend, Bob Healy did something amazing. He decided to sponsor his own NASCAR. He had the whole car. You know, sometimes you see these cars and they're covered in stickers. In fact, in the, uh, like, just the, like, the excitement that's still, the lingering excitement that I've mm-hmm. been in from this last weekend, I, I just watched Talladega Nights. <laughs> <laughs> a Ballad of Ricky Bobby. And there's this one scene at the beginning where he, has, he sells the windshield, right? He has a huge decal on his windshield, and he can't see. Newtons, uh, Big Fig Newtons. <laughs> Fig Newtons, Big that's Newtons. right. This is dangerous, but I do love Fig Newtons. <laughs> that's right. Good memory. So, uh, so anyway, he decided he wanted his own NASCAR. And so he went out and got one. Uh, J.J. Yaley, um, the number 15 car. Um, I have not, up until this last weekend, I was not a fan of NASCAR. Um, I didn't judge people who were fans of NASCAR, but to me, I thought it was boring. It's not something I want to watch on TV, right? Um, and I didn't really get it. But, and I, but I knew that all of these people go. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's an event. Some some of these stadiums hold, I think, one hundred fifty thousand people. Okay, I think the. So I was at the Michigan International Speedway this last week, and I think it holds one hundred twenty. It's it's huge, um, and so. I didn't know what to expect. I'd never been.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I totally get it. It was amazing. Okay, so we were camping in the infield, um, along with thousands of other people. It was just the biggest tailgate you've ever seen. And, um, you know, of course, when you have that many people, there were some more savory individuals, but for the most part, not really i the, another thing that was really surprised me was um, the just all the people everyone was very nice and courteous, and it was mostly family, it was mostly pretty family friendly nice. um, you know after eleven p m It's uh, time to go to bed yeah, but I mean your kids are going to be asleep right. um, but there was a concert every night, a firework show um and you know you have a, a nascar race every day which got you know on friday it was i don't I don't know what they call that league, but it was like lower caliber and it got you know higher level of competition mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then on saturday it was the xfinity and then the you know on on sunday it was like the main event the nascar the cup cup series i forget exactly what they call it i'm st- still very new anyway it was just incredible just to be down there right next to the track we had vip passes Okay, because he has got one of the cars. It's his car. So we were actually in the pit with the pit crew talking to them, sitting in their like little stand area with our like with our head we had headphones where we were sitting there listening to JJ yeah. and his pit crew talk to each other. Did he the whole talk time. a lot? While no, he was driving? No, no, no. His uh, uh, I always
0: wondered, like you'd probably be so focused you don't really want to talk.
1: No no no. One he had a crew member who was talking to him almost constantly. Telling him the location of other cars around him. Okay. So in it would be like quarterback. That'd be would be exhausting. quarter behind you. Quarter behind you. Half. You're clear. You're clear. I mean, so because uh, it's not like there's side view mirrors hmm. on these cars. Hmm. Okay. And then right you, know, you have so much. Uh, you know, there's bars, and you're like really strapped in there. Uh, they do have cameras now, where on the dash you can see what's behind you. So actually, their rear hmm. r- rear view is really good. Hmm. Um, but and that's it. Didn't used to be that way. Hmm. But but anyway, I totally get it. I am on board with NASCAR. I, I I'm not going to watch it. Um, although listening to the uh, crew chief talk to the driver and all of us and all the stuff that they were talking about the whole time, like constantly turning his alternator on and off about, uh, the, I didn't realize how much strategy and, you know, I just didn't know anything about it, but there's tons of strategy about how much fuel fuel are you using based on are you drafting behind somebody? Now you can Mm -hmm. cut your fuel way down, which means over the course of, you know, 200 laps, sometimes 300, 250 laps, um, that means maybe you take one less pit pit stop which is going to save you a lot of time mm-hmm. you know a, a, a minute mm-hmm. and you can go around the track they go around the track in about 37 seconds mm. so you know that's almost two laps mm-hmm. if you can eliminate it i mean the the strategy and science that they were they were using was way way more and more interesting than i than i thought so anyway very cool. Shout out to all the NASCAR fans out there. Uh but it was just awesome. So um go check out check out grillblazer.com because honestly, I ha- I got one and you did too with the uh the Kickstarter. Kickstarter. I use mine all the time. So do I. Yeah. And it really is as good as what it's advertised to be you really do you just put the charcoal in your grill and you light it and you start cooking there's no waiting so it it saves you 30 minutes every time you grill if you use charcoal he's not sponsoring the catholic man show but he did just uh take you out there, take me all all expenses paid trip (laughs) to my first nascar it was just such
0: a we had such a great time anyway so we're we haven't even gotten to the whiskey yet we got so excited about all the things that we're doing and have been doing. It's been that kind of summer. I, I know. I feel it's, like every every week we have been like, guys, like, you will not believe what we just stuff. did. Yeah. I know. I know. We've been doing a lot. So, uh, but this evening we're, we're drinking the Dalmore Sherry Cask Select 12-year delicious whiskey. It is uh, about $90. Mm. It is about 43% ABV, if I remember correctly. Anything that has the word Dalmore on the box...
1: Or the bottle. 43%, yeah. It's right. just fantastic. It's going to be amazing. I
0: mean, they don't make anything
1: that's not amazing.
0: Yeah. They use about, I think, three different types of sherry casks, if I remember correctly. Really? Because
1: uh, I think there are other bottles that you can spend $100 on a bottle of scotch. And we've done it. We've had some on our show where I've thought, oh, you know, it's good. But I don't think it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay? Dalmore, everything is just amazing. It's, when you drink it, you go, Wow.
0: Especially if you don't like peat because it's not a peated whiskey.
1: Yeah. And I do like peat. Right. But I still think that these it's are just all a good fantastic. Qualification. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a good point.
0: Aroma is a caramelized orange, ginger, and uh, laced with honey on the palate, dark chocolate, crumbled almonds with a dusting of cinnamon. A dusting. Just a dusting. Uh, finishing notes sweet mangoes, uh, panna cotta, and lemon sponge cake. <laughs> It's not what I thought you were gonna say. So, All right,
1: one of the Lord's team. I get. I'm gonna tell you. I get zero lemon sponge <laughs> cake. <laughs> the
0: winning side. Sorry, your glass. Cheers. Cheers to Jesus. Mm. It is really good, though. Well, okay.
1: Maybe there is a little bit of lemon sponge cake. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's the power of suggestion. It's so but it actually, it's like, maybe there is a little lemon sponge.
0: Next week, we're going to be talking with uh, Father Craig Vasek. Uh, he's a Eucharistic uh, revival preacher. We're really excited Correct. to talk to him. Um, hes I, I met him at the Catholic Media Association Conference. he I think he's out of Washington. No, he's not out of Washington, D.C., but he was just there for some reason recently. In fact, I think he was part of the group that took that. Huge monstrance over to Pope Francis for him to bless to come back for a Eucharistic procession, like you know that I think it was like eight foot or nine foot monstrance that they I didn't see a mo- uh, monstrance that he I uh, stay out of the
1: news mostly
0: yeah that they took over to Pope Francis for him to bless before their Eucharistic procession but
1: I'll tell you I dig it
0: yeah I, I yes I do too anyway he's he's awesome really excited to talk to him um and have him on the show uh very very. Like, manly man of a priest, so.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to talk to him, because he'll be here, in studio, and... Right.
0: Uh, we're also um, talking about Eucharistic heresies tonight. What made you, like, this is your topic, what just, made you... You know, I was just
1: thinking about, hey, the Eucharistic revival is going on, and um, I love the Eucharist, so let's talk about some
0: times it went wrong. Or where, not it went wrong, where people went wrong people about went it. people
1: went wrong on the Eucharist, yeah. Yeah,
0: because the Eucharist yeah. did
1: not go wrong. No, the Eucharist never goes wrong, because it's Jesus... Mm-hmm. Body, blood, soul, and divinity,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: all the way through. All the way. So, uh, what are your thoughts? You want to just jump into it? Yeah, we have a few minutes. Okay, so uh, but maybe before we get to the heresies, let's kind of do a little bit more about what we just said. What does the church teach about the Eucharist? Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and this is a teaching that is absolutely unique across other Christian worldviews. Um, I mean, of course, this is the original Christian belief. This is what it means to be Christian, is to, have, is to um, worship Christ. Uh, you know, Christ is our priest offering himself through the Mass to the Father, right? He's the, the high priest doing that at every Mass. Um, so, the Eucharist is the, the center of the Catholic faith, Okay and we believe that at the at the holy mass when the priest says the words of consecration that the bread and wine are transformed that they actually become the body blood soul and divinity of our lord jesus christ that they are no longer bread and wine but they are now his body and blood so what about the accidents we'll uh, we'll finish this up got to take a break okay but we'll be right back
0: We are going to the Holy Land, and we want you to come with us. Next year, during the Easter octave, from April 3rd to the 14th, 2024, for 12 days, we will be in the Holy Land. And we would love for you and your wife and your family to come with us. We're only going to take one bus. A lot of pilgrimages take multiple buses, but we want this to be an intimate uh, opportunity for us to pray together, to eat together to drink together, to have fun, but also to grow closer to our Lord. So check out selectinternationaltours.com slash Show. Sign up today. Again, we're only going to take one bus, so it will fill up. com slash Show. We look forward to seeing you there. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. We don't have Juan here or Jim here. Jim's on vacation. Juan just got back from a very long Colombia for like three years or something. Yeah. So we're excited to have him. I feel back like someday. all of our friends have left us. Adam. Well, it's been a, been a tough summer.
1: <laughs> it has been a crazy. I mean, Juan, yeah. Juan has been in Colombia like the last month. Yeah. Uh, which was cool for you and his family. You know, he's he grew up in Colombia. Mm-hmm. so um, he got the opportunity to do some work down there, and so mm-hmm. he was able to take his whole family, and his parents have a place there, so it was very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Good opportunity, opportunity for, for his family. His, you know, his kids to get to experience some of the culture he grew up in. Yeah. Very awesome. Um, but we're talking about the Eucharist. Yes. So the Eucharist is the reason to be Catholic. If there is no Eucharist, then there is no reason to be Catholic, in my opinion. The church says. Yeah. And, and I, I will stand behind that
0: claim. Um, b- because that's, that's what we do as a church. I think Flannery O'Connor said something like, if, if the Eucharist is just a symbol, the hell with it. Yeah. I think, I think that's what she said. and You know what? Great quote.
1: Uh, I mean, truly. Yeah, if it's just a symbol, the hell with it. Um, and in fact, of the heresies that we're going to be talking about, inevitably... Involve something to the effect saying that the Eucharist is just a symbol. Um, So, but what we were saying is that when the priest says the words of consecration, he repeats the words of Christ at the Last Supper. Correct. When he says those words at the Holy Mass, that uh, the body, the bread and the wine, they become the body, blood, soul, and divinity. That they um, are the substance of those things have now been changed. And transformed mm-hmm. something called transubstantiation
0: mm-hmm. now does it taste like flesh no
1: and no. Does it, no, so it still has the outward appearance of bread and wine what what we call the accidents um, you know something can have a substance an essence of you know you might have the substance of humanity, but maybe i uh, no, i'm not even going to try to come up with an analogy <laughs> for that because. <laughs> Because typically, <laughs> your accidents, your outward appearance We're is it's <laughs> the same as your essence, right? Because that's, you know, what you are. And it's, it's a miracle, at, at, you know, that happens at every Mass, that Jesus, uh, you know, the bread and wine become the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, that's what we believe as Catholics. No other... No other faith professes this. The only ones that are really close are the Lutherans, um the Orthodox. Okay, well yeah, the Orthodox, they believe. Yeah, that that's true. The Orthodox do have the Eucharist. They have mm-hmm. a valid valid Eucharist. Mm-hmm. I was kind of lumping lumping them into Ca- like Good. into the Catholic thing, you know. I but, mean,
0: the Lord has the Lord desires us all to be one. Yeah. And so I have every uh hope that, that will be that'll happen someday but you're right they are
1: technically a different church um, although the differences between us are basically they're very overcomable, in my opinion I think that we should we should really work on that but and I think I think there are there is work being done I think that we have come a lot closer yeah anyway strides have been made uh, but yeah good point yes they they have they have the Eucharist um, but the Lutheran's they Catholics, we have transubstantiation, that the substance has been transformed, that it's not bread and
0: wine anymore. It is now, it's not bread and wine. It's now the body and blood of Christ. This is why we have adoration, which for those who don't know, is adoration is when the consecrated host uh, is put into what is called a monstrance, which is a gold vessel for to hold uh, this... Uh, Consecrated host, which we believe is the body, is, blood, is Jesus. Yeah, yeah, the body, blood, soul, and divinity. This is why we it don't is, we it don't worship bread. Metal. Right. This is why we, it's a precious metal too, because it's like uh, this is the Lord of lords, the King of kings. Right. Yeah. Uh, you're not just going to put them in plastic. Right. Like plastic bins or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Like a plastic bin. But um. Like in a, but, like let's say you're at a World Youth
1: Day or something, you would never do that.
0: No. Uh. But we. That way, you know, when we're there in 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 the presence of. Jesus um under the we actually uh, worship him we worship him during adoration
1: yes so um that's what we believe this is what the catholic church the christian church has always believed every christian believed this until about the year 1500 when luther uh broke off um he t- he broke off his own there were there were some other bishops along the way who we'll talk about um but they were dismissed. They were, and they didn't. They didn't start their own church over it. Okay, they were, you know, formally declared. They were excommunicated, and well, then just like. Well, I don't. I don't. I don't know actually. Like what some of these people did. I, I do know one of them came back in line. After Good. after he Praise was God. the Pope made him for, publicly declare a profession of faith that was very specific. That Praise was actually referenced in uh, Vatican II. What a uh, what a mercy! Yeah. So, this
0: um, a lot of what I'm going to be pulling from is actually from a Jesuit, Father John Harden. Oh yeah, uh, Father James Har- uh, uh, John Harden, uh, James Harden. Father John Harden has uh, some phenomenal uh, catechisms out there, like or a catechism. He also has a compilation of Catholic Church teaching uh, that I have in my office. It is so good. He he's such a great theologian. In fact, um, he's one of Father uh, Healy's favorite theologians. Really? Who we just talked about, Bob Healy, from Grogun. It's his yeah. son. Yeah, yeah. Um, who's a priest here in the Diocese of Tulsa. Um, but the the reason why his canonization, they say, at least some some people say, uh, the reason why his canonization has not been opened is because he's he, wrote, he has written so much, or he wrote so much, that it's hard for the amount of work it's going to take to get him... Uh, his canonization process started will take a long time. I mean, he helped, uh, you know, EWTN with Mother Angelica. Uh, you know, he he was um, just a Catholic in, intellectual giant um, for, for a long, long time. So a lot of what I'm going to be
1: saying is from him is just verbatim. He's... He's a, he's a, I figured he'd be okay with it. He's a stud. Yeah, he's he's a stud to pull from. So this is from a a book he put out. This is called This is my body, this is my blood. So it's a it's all about the Eucharist. Okay. Um so we're going to start off with a heretic number 1. Ooh. How uh, many uh, are we doing? We're going to cover 3. With a bonus 4th at the end that's not specific to a person but to a correct current, current state of popularity. Okay. Um so this there's a couple names here that I have no idea how to pronounce. So I'm just going to swing at them. Okay, uh, this yeah. this dude's his name. His name was Retramnus or Ratramnus. I like I don't know what language that is. I don't know what kind of mother. I guess this may be a last name. I don't know. It sounds like a weird name. It's hard to say. But he was a monk under a guy. Another guy I can't say. But this one's at least a saint.
0: Saint Pascasius. Hmm. That one's at least fun. I was thinking about naming Pisc- Leo that. But, Piscassius. But it sounded too much like pistachio. Yeah, I was so. going to say, and his
1: brother pistachio. <laughs> <laughs> Calier, but so, so but
0: Piscassius was at least
1: the same. Okay. But Retramnus, he held that Christ's body in the Eucharist could not be the same as his historical body that was once on earth. Because he said that the Eucharist is invisible, impalpable, and spiritual. You can't see it, taste it, or feel it. Right? That it's like a mysterious thing. Um that the real essence of the Eucharist is hmm. spiritual, impalpable and invisible. Um And so uh to 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 be fair, I'm summarizing what Tramnus was saying and he did I I think you have to say that he had no intention of denying the real presence. He of, was just working the out Eucharist. Eucharistic theology before the Eucharist. it was... But
0: he had, he had a bad theology. Okay. Okay. Um, and a, It's tough to say that this is a, a spiritual aspect when in John 6, Jesus himself says, this is my body. Right. Exactly. It seems like there's some g- mental gymnastics that has to be made. Yeah, well, he doesn't say that in John 6,
1: but he says, unless you eat, eat the flesh of the Son of Man. It was later at the Last Supper.
0: But oh, he said, life, this is my yeah. body,
1: yeah. Okay. Um, which I don't know where in John that is, but it's later on. Um, so I just want to like, give him a little bit... I don't want to like overly criticize the dude, uh, even though he was, he was declared heretical view. Um, but it does, it does seem like he really didn't want to dismiss the idea of the real presence. However, he stressed, and this is the problem, that it was a symbolic reality, not a corporal reality. Hmm. Okay. He said it was real. Okay. And in fact, today, I think our modern way of looking at symbol means that it's not real. Okay. And that's not true, Um, especially not in an ancient way of viewing things, Um, where they, they, to them, the line between symbolic and real, they were much closer together. Mm -hmm. You know, today we would say it was a symbol, it's like an analogy it's obviously right. not the thing that it symbolizes sure um but that wasn't the the historical way of of looking at it um however if it's a symbol it it's not exactly it's not the thing that you're you're portraying it as so um he declared that the consecration leaves the bread and wine unchanged in their outward appearance which is true in their outward mm-hmm. appearance it is unchanged and thus "...insofar as these are, these are signs of the body and blood of Christ hidden under the veil of a so "...insofar as these are signs of the body and blood of Christ hidden under the veil of the signs, the faithful receive the body of Christ not in veritate, but in figura, in mysterio, and in, virtu, in virtute." Which means that you're not receiving the body in truth but you're receiving it in figure, mystery, and power. Hmm. So you're not, you're not receiving the real body of Christ because he's saying that body of Christ ascended into heaven. But you're receiving the mystery and the power and the figure of, uh, of hmm. Christ's body, which we'll talk about on the other side of this break.
0: Listen, I know this is going to be a tough sell for you guys, but humor me here. This October, hundreds of Catholic men gathered together from around the world at Estes Park, Colorado. Beautiful Estes Park, Colorado in October. It's going to be gorgeous for a five-day adventure dedicated to helping everybody build a better prayer life, forming up virtue in a life beyond Exodus 90, and having brotherly fellowship, getting to know one another, most likely over a pint. Join us, Exodus90.com slash the summit. We're gonna be there. Dave and I are gonna be giving a talk. We're gonna have a live Catholic Man Show episode there. Join us, Exodus90.com slash summit.
1: (laughs) Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. David Niles here with Adam Minahan. We're talking about Eucharistic heresies today. Talking about retramnus. Ratramness However you say that guy's name. So, we pray that he's in heaven. I do pray. I, absolutely. Um, we can all pray for that. But, so he was saying that because Christ's body has ascended into heaven, it's the the Eucharistic Eucharist. Eucharistic <laughs> Eucharist. The Eucharistic Christ that we receive couldn't be the historical body. Therefore, it's not... Body, blood, soul, and divinity, but we receive him in figure, mystery, and power.
0: So, not too long ago, we had Dr. Timothy O'Malley on our show, and one of the questions that I asked, one of the first questions I asked was about place. Uh If you remember, like, you know, okay, Jesus is up in heaven, you know, how is he up in heaven and then down at all the masses, present at all times, you know in every tabernacle, like, how does that work? And St. Thomas Aquinas actually talks about this. It seems like that he's actually struggling with this, this idea, and correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, but it seems like he's really wrestling with this idea of, because Christ, his risen body, his glorified body is up in heaven, there's no way in which Christ could be in, on the altar of every mass present throughout the world. Because right. if you think about all the
1: masses that are being celebrated at any one time, the amount of hosts that are on the table... Right. They're going to
0: add up to more than a body's worth, <laughs> right? So I think like it seems like is this right? Is this like a- yeah?
1: No, I think that's part of the problem. And uh, to be fair, he you know so he's asking I think good questions, and he's doing it in the year 868. Okay, so um, this is before a lot of the councils had really settled these questions. Okay, so around Saint Cuthbert's time, indeed, indeed. So you know I think we also can be charitable again. Uh, it doesn't mean it's not a heresy. Right, Um, And I actually don't know whether this guy is formally a heretic, uh, because I believe he was dead by the time things were formally clarified, okay? Which uh, would, in his case, be a mercy. Which is a great thing, yeah. Yeah, because he wouldn't have ever been a disobedient priest, monk, whatever. Um, Okay. However, he's important because um, his ideas... They were later on condemned by the Council of Vercelli. Oh yeah. Um however it's 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 really believed that all other Eucharistic heresies um were heavily influenced by this idea that these ideas that Retramnus put forward. Mm. Okay. So two hundred years later, the debate had been going on. Uh sides had been taken, right? And so um after two hundred years, things had escalated to the point where Rome actually had to come in and make a formal declaration. They had to, you know, t- decide. Okay, so in the year ten seventy nine, Archdeacon Berenger of Tours. Man, I it'd be cool to have archdeacons again. We have one, like Deacon and, a- Harrison is the archdeacon. Right, but because like he's the he's, he's the, the chancellor. chancellor. Yeah, right.
0: but like have like that be part of the like subdeacons and then archdeacons again.
1: That'd be cool. I do think the word, the title, Archdeacon, is pretty... In, in my phone, Harrison is Archdeacon Harrison. Really? I haven't been there that way. Nice. Just because. So, Archdeacon Berenger of Tours, he supported Ramnus's tradition, or Tramnes's, uh position. Um, he denied that any material change in the elements was needed. He denied that any any change of uh, in the elements was needed to explain the Eucharistic presence. So, this confusion led... Uh, to Pope Gregory the Seventh, formally making a clarification, and he actually forced Berenger to declare the following.
0: So Berenger had to publicly declare this. Declare this. But can you just like declare bankruptcy? You can. In this aspect, I declare bankruptcy. That's how it works. Okay. So this is what Berenger
1: had to say. He says, "...I believe in my heart and openly profess that the bread and wine placed upon the altar are, by the mystery of the sacred prayer and the words of the Redeemer, substantially changed into the true and life-giving flesh and blood of Jesus Christ our Lord, and that after the consecration there is present the true body and blood of Christ, which was born of the Virgin and offered up for the salvation of the world, hung on the cross and now sits at the right hand of the Father, and that there is present the true blood of Christ, which flowed from his side. They are present not only by means of a sign and of the efficacy of the sacrament, but also in the very reality and truth of their nature and substance.
0: Sounds very much like a, a creed that yeah, we say. Yeah,
1: no, it's, it's very much like the credo. In, um, but this exact uh, creed was actually brought up in um, Second Vatican Council by one of the members who was really concerned about... The view of the Eucharist that was like happening at the time was really concerned about how people were treating and starting to view the Eucharist, Hmm. um, and just how it was becoming lackadaisical. And he knew people were they were they didn't really believe in the true presence, Hmm. Um, and so he brought this up as a something you know because it's it's so beautiful and and like yeah, I love. I mean, it's it's just great. All right,
0: so um, that really settled the question for a while. It would be interesting if we lived in that time period where those kind of things were more of the norm. Because that's not a norm any like in this day and age. Well, you know, it's because we have no honor. That's what it comes down to. It's like, back then, the things
1: that you said, they mattered. Okay? Hmm. Because your honor was at stake. Nobody gives a crap about honor. You know, it's like, yeah, I said that. No, I didn't mean it. I don't care. You know, It's like, the, just people don't care. But back then, people cared about the things that they believed. They cared about the things that they said and what they stood for, okay? And it's like, no, I'm a Catholic. You're not allowed to, you know... The truth, there was just reality in everything, you hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Um, if if you read R.J. Snell's uh, book on um, Achadia or Acidia, uh, he talks about that in the book about how um, heavy reality used to be, and that acedia leads to this, like, oh, kind of lightweight existence where nothing really matters. limp Yeah, like. exactly. Yeah. Like, reality used to be weighty. Yeah. Be heavy. Yeah. So, um, obviously, the next big one, which we kind of talked about already, was Lutheranism um, in the 1500s. And Luther, Luther believed in the real presence in the Eucharist. He, he had a nuanced belief about it. He did not believe that the body and blood the substance was changed what he believed is that the real presence of christ came alongside the body and blood so that's what what became consubstantiation instead of transubstantiation so the substance isn't changed it's in in with the substance okay which is a heresy that's not that's not what christ says it all comes back to exactly what you said adam jesus at the last supper this is my body and i'm not a I'm not a scholar on Hebrew or Greek, but I have listened to other people say that there are many ways that he could have said, "This represents my body, this is a symbol of my body, this is you know there but the words that he used at the Last Supper mean that it literally is this is literally my body mm-hmm. and that it would have it's nonsensical, like the thing he said doesn't make sense. Because it's obvious. you look at it, it's like, no, Jesus, that's, that's the bread. That's dinner. You know, that's, that's our meal. Mm-hmm. But he says, this is my body. And he's God. And so he means what he says. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, I think St. Augustine has something, and I'm going to butcher it, so all the, all the Augustinians out there, mea culpa, mea culpa. But um, he says something, how like the awe and wonder of Christ truly holding himself in the, very last, in the Last Supper.
1: Yeah. <laughs> in your own, yeah, in his own hands. Right. It's just amazing. In fact, Aquinas has a lot of fascinating things to talk about. If, like, the apostles had celebrated the Mass after the crucifixion, but before the resurrection, you would have, like, the body, blood, and not the soul— Body, blood, and divinity, and not the soul, or something like that, because his soul hadn't resurrected yet. So his mm. body and a soul were not together. So if this is if this is his body, then it, it wouldn't have possessed the soul of God of Christ, because his body didn't have his soul at the moment. Anyway, totally f- same. Like uh, on they g- didn't on celebrate. Good Saturday. They didn't celebrate the math. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, like after the crucifixion, before the resurrection. So yeah, on good holy Saturday, if they had celebrated as yeah, a the mass, good
0: Saturday. Sorry, holy Saturday. Yeah.
1: Anyway, uh, just kind of spec some fascinating speculation. I, I think
0: it's actually his blood. But anyway,
1: there's something. It's something about it. He right. talks about him. So um, the next one I want to talk about is a guy named Carl Rahner, who I actually believe is still alive. Father Carl Uh Is he a cardinal? No. Okay. Good. <laughs> um. So uh. This is from uh, his Encyclopedia of Theology. He wrote, it's, it's a long article um, on transubstantiation. Um, and for about half of the article, he describes what the church has taught over the centuries and what, what it has understood as transubstantiation. And then he talks about, but the times have changed.
0: No, Carl uh, Rodner Carl, Carl, Carl has passed away. He has died? Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, we can pray for his soul. Um, so anytime you have any Catholic saying anything that how the times have changed, run, okay? Run and pray for that person.
0: Well, the times have changed. Times have changed, but the but teachings of the of church, the church have will not. never
1: change, right. have never changed, and cannot change. They the ch- can't. The church has no authority to change right. that which Christ has set. The Pope cannot change the teachings of the church. So, um, so w- when you hear that, you need to run. So modern theologians, he says, have discovered. They've discovered modern theologians. As if it's they're like excavating something. Like, hey we found something down here. Anyway, uh he discovered and he came up with a new a new quote, a new term for transubstantiation. Um what he calls transfinalization. No. So he even named his own heresy, which I think is hilarious. No, I don't like that at all. Um, which, uh, go, make sure to go subscribe. If you're listening to us on the radio, go subscribe to our podcast. You can hear, um, we've got a couple more of these we want to go over. Uh, but yeah, we can always catch us there or on YouTube. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers. So yeah, he called it trans finalization. Um, he says, uh, it should now be called this, um, it, it, it's, it's, it takes him a long time to say
0: all the stuff about trans-finalization. Um, well, when you are, uh, creating new theologies, you have to really be careful. Yes. But
1: here's, uh, here's basically what it is. Uh, the more recent approaches suggest the following considerations. This is from his article. One has to remember that the words of institution indicate a change but do not give any guiding line for the interpretation of the actual process. As regards transubstantiation, it may be it may then be said that substance, essence, meaning, and purpose of the bread are identical, but the meaning of a thing can be changed without detriment to its matter. For instance, a house consists of certain arrangement of materials and has clearly established nature and a clearly established purpose. If the house is demolished and the materials used for the building of a bridge, a change of nature or essence has intervened. Something completely different is there. The meaning has been changed since a house is meant to be lived in in and a bridge is used to cross a depression. But there has been no loss of material. In an analogous way, the meaning of the bread has been changed through the consecration, something which formerly served profane use, now becomes the dwelling place and the symbol of Christ who is present and gives himself to his own. I don't know why you would, like, it just baffles me why a, a priest would think oh, no, no, we need to change transubstantiation. It's like, why did you even become a priest? If you don't believe in the Eucharist, why did you give your life to it? Mm-hmm. You know, and that has always baffled me about priests who aren't orthodox. Uh, you know, you just, you just gave your whole life to this church, and you don't even believe in it. Why did you do that? You know, it's just, I, ha- I cannot understand why there are unorthodox priests running around because they obviously don't believe what the church teaches why did you you know hitch your wagon to it forever you know if you don't even believe it i don't get it but um this uh you know carl Rahner has not been formally declared a heretic um i don't even i don't even think
0: in fact his uh work is still very yeah, influential say, in today's world.
1: I don't even think that this particular trans, like he's calling, he's saying that transubstantiation is wrong, and that it should be called transfinalization. Um, transubstantiation is long been declared; it has been the like settled theology for I don't know how long. I mean they came up with the word transubstantiation late much later on after I mean the teaching of it has always been it wasn't later on where they came up with well we need to come up with a word that you know that really means everything that we mean about the eucharist so they came up with this greek word which means transubstantiation so this is a settled this is not theology that's open you know this is kind of in the bo- locked in the chest theology. This is not hey we're still working this out. This is you know a fringe. Right. There's no room for development here, okay? It's sort of like, yeah, well I think uh, the trinity we haven't quite settled the trinity. Right? I mean, we could... What if we change it? You know, it's like, no. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> um so anytime anytime you you see stuff like this, mm-hmm. it's just you it's just you you can say this is a long article and so you can save yourself the time and just not read it because you know right away, based on some of the stuff he says in the beginning, all right, well, you're a huge waste of time, you know, but some people have to read it so that they can uh, refute, it. refute it, which is so annoying. Mm-hmm. I'm just glad I'm not one of those people. You know what I mean? I get to read the cliff notes about <laughs> what other people have already read. So um, anything you, like, what do you think about all this before we get to the last one? do you have well, any anything you want to add
0: no i mean I, i'm just glad that uh see the, the beauty of, of the catholic church is that i'm protected in what i should believe and 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 should not believe because mm-hmm. christ gave authority to his church uh the catholic church and then gave like he said whatever you bound on earth is bound in heaven whatever you lose, whatever you lose in heaven like for confession, like, so I, I, have, I have the beauty of the sacraments, I have the beauty of forgiveness, I have the beauty of the uh, true body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. Um, and so I don't have to, like, worry or try to work out new ideas. I want to be completely unoriginal. Right. Um, as a Catholic. Because Christ is the man that I want to be. So I don't want to be original, I don't want to be something different I don't want to be uh, anything other than Christ-like. Yeah. So I want to be completely unoriginal. So if I ever come up with some idea that I think is, God forbid, please, Lord, save me from this idea of of ever thinking like I'm coming up with some new aspect of Christianity, Um, God forbid that I ever... Ever like explore that because I that's not my desire at all. I just want to be Christ like. Yeah, and Christ has laid out everything that that uh, I need uh, to get to heaven. Yeah, you know, and
1: it's so much easier to do that now because like like we said, a lot of these guys were theologians. They were trying to make trying to help the church. You know, the church fathers they laid out all of the stuff. God gave them special grace to. Mm-hmm. See clearly, mm-hmm. and and like you know, think of Saint Augustine, you mm-hmm. know, who wrote so many important things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saint Aquinas, uh, Thomas Aquinas. So a Thomas lot of these guys, the Aquinas, the Aquinas. That's right, the Aquinas. <laughs> uh, so these guys didn't have that, and you know, you. I think you really have to. Um, you know, this archdeacon Berenger of Tours, when confronted by the Holy Father, he read the Declaration. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, that's, that's noble and heroic. And humble. And humble, right? Okay, you're sitting there teaching, and I, th- I think pr- presumably you have to say he's teaching it because he really believes it. He really thinks, he's mm-hmm. trying to say this is what I think is right. But yet, when confronted by the Holy Father, sets what he, he's, it's not like, I don't think the Holy Father convinced him he was wrong. Mm-hmm. Other, but he just knew. Well, you're the Pope. You're you sit on the chair of Peter. You're the one, um, you know, who speaks for the Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the Holy Spirit speaks through you, and at, you're the one with the office to formally declare these things. So I, I must be wrong, you know. And
0: but this is the beauty to also- accept
1: that without reasons. I, I, that's what I mean. I think that's heroic, just because you know, hey, this is. This is the this is how God
0: operates in the church. But this is the beauty of obedience. Right? Because obedience actually gives you freedom. Yeah, it does. Like I don't have to worry about um you know if my if my priest from you know from my parish comes if my parish priest comes up to me and it says Adam um in regards in the realm of faith and morals and things like that if he gives me like a decree like it says like I think you should do this. I can do that and like be like don't have to worry about
1: it don't have to worry about it even if it's wrong i mean like even like, if it like it's not right it's okay like, hey, i'm
0: just being as obedient. long as it's not sinful like right, you know yeah, obviously yeah. like the qualifications there but sure. um but christ you know uh loves obedience right and i mean this is what we learn in saint Faustina's diary and other other places where yeah. uh the obedience that you have towards the hierarchy um is is it provides freedom for you, yeah,
1: absolutely. So the last one I want to talk about is a uh, one that I came up with a name for.
0: Oh, talk about being uh, uh, original! Yeah, unoriginal. It's called lukewarmanism. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Luke Mormonism or lukewarmanism? Okay, for being lukewarm. Um, so, so it's this not is something a- that you came up with. Well, I came up with the ism. Oh,
0: the ism part.
1: Yeah lukewarmism okay i've never heard it i didn't actually to be fair full disclosure i did not google it so maybe somebody else has written about it already
0: i'm gonna i'm gonna step out and take credit okay (laughs) so i've been doing this show for seven years uh i can i can do that and if somebody else already came up with it like sorry all right Send me a decree. I
1: kind of don't care. I I did come up with it all by myself also. At at least, at a bare minimum, I also came up with it too. Okay, so anyway. This is, I think, just something that we all have to look at ourselves. Okay? There are... I'm I'm guilty of this. Okay? Do I receive communion? Do I receive the Eucharist with the reverence that I should? Mm. Most of the time, the answer is no. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... And I could, I could sit here and start to give you excuses, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but they don't matter. Uh, it, I mean, they're still, they are, they are what they are. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, I do have children. You know, there is, uh, uh, you know, you do start to get into like a habit of, oh yeah, we go up, you know, and I, I think especially for cradle Catholics, you know, to just, it, it doesn't seem extraordinary because mm-hmm. this is what you've been doing your whole life. Um, but I know better. And I, you know, so just like we all think about this, the way, how do you receive the Eucharist? What I really am thinking about here with lukewarmism is the people who don't believe in the real presence Mm -hmm. because that those people say the Eucharist is not Jesus. That's a heresy. That is actually a heresy. Um, we didn't, I didn't get into Protestantism. I just am lumping Protestants in with Lutheranism uh, just for the sake of time. But in general, Protestantism was a, re- a revolt against two things. It was a revolt against the Eucharist and against the priesthood, which are both about the Eucharist. The priesthood exists for the sake of, the, you know, in order, or that the, in order that the Eucharist might exist.
0: The priesthood. Is that what he said? No, he said the Eucharist. Oh, Exists. Well, I'm glad you corrected. In order for me. the Eucharist to exist, the
1: priesthood exists. So that yes, that's what I meant to say. Thank you. The priesthood exists, so that the Eucharist might exist. So, uh, Protestantism is essentially priestless, priestless Christianity. It is a good. I think that's a good way of well of defining ministerial
0: Protest- priesthood.
1: Well, that's what you I mean.
0: Could, well, that's there's a qualification there because okay. they they would say uh, that. Every man is a priest. Well, I don't know. I don't even based, know if they would say that. I think most of them would, based off of their, honestly, of I, baptism.
1: I, I think most of them would say Jesus is the priest.
0: Well, of course, and the high priest.
1: They, I think that they would deny. Most modern Protestants would deny that they are priests. That they are.
0: Well, we're getting into uh, waters. Uh, it with, doesn't matter. Way too many it qualifications.
1: Matter. It doesn't matter because what my point is that Catholics who are sitting in mass week after week receiving communion who when asked willingly say no I don't believe in the real presence you know the like the Pew Pew, the Pew studies it's like 25% or less of of weekly going you know every Sunday Catholics only 25% of them believe in the Eucharist
0: you know so yeah I mean I I would question that statistic but regardless like 50% is 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 not good Uh, you know 40% Six, you know, six forty percent of not believing is not good. Thirty percent, like it doesn't matter. Yeah, the, like, the point is there is a huge swath of Catholics,
1: right, who come to mass every Sunday, who don't believe that the Eucharist is real, right, and and I am not calling them heretics, but that belief is a heresy, yeah, and it's rampant
0: in our church. Well, you know, the beauty is that Christ gave us. Himself, so that we may may become more like Him. All right, this is what the Eucharist is all about, right? So that we may become more and more like Him, that we have uh, the sacramental grace Mm -hmm. for sanctification. Uh, And like, so do we believe that? Do we believe that by by consuming the Eucharist, that we are conformed more like Jesus, that we can now go out and do things that like Jesus did? Yeah. You know, like that, that the apostles did. Like, do we truly believe that what we are consuming is Christ's body, blood, soul, and divinity, that we can now go out, like, through through Christ and, and make more disciples? Or is this something that we just do uh, we out, of, at, out, of, out of ritual, out of, you know, just uh, habituation? I have to be here, otherwise I'll go to hell. But, like... You know, that's, I think, that's what a lot of people think. But, like, Christ gave us this so that we can set the world on fire. Mm-hmm. So that people can say, like, wait, there's a difference in you. What is it? It's something that not the world has given me. So what is this thing? And why is it so attractive? Yeah. So
1: the reason I want to bring this up is because for those of us who do believe in the real presence of Christ, one thing that I think you can do is be conscientious about the way you receive the Eucharist. Not only for yourself, because... Or for uh, your ki- children, but the, uh, you know the things you do with your body have a way of translating to what you think with your mind. Okay, mm-hmm. so if you change your posture when you receive the Eucharist, if you wear, uh, if you change your outfit, if you know, if you start wearing a suit, even though it's you know maybe annoying to wear every so Sunday, hot. yeah, whatever it is. Um, if you receive on the tongue, if you receive in kneeling, if you receive, you know it needs to be done with reverence. You know, even if you are in the hand, um, do you do it with a sense of adoration? You know, in a, in mm-hmm. a sense, when people look at you, can they tell that you just had the most precious thing in the universe placed in your hand? Okay. Um, because there are a few people at our, at our church, when I see them receive the Eucharist, it, it really inspires me. Um, your brother-in-law is one of them. Um, we have, you know our buddy Holden. Uh, there's just some of when I see him receive the Eucharist. There's just some about the way he does it um, that I have always been really inspired by. Mm. It just you can really see the devotion, mm-hmm. and he's not doing it to show off. I know he's not. Um, That's not even his personality at all. No, it's not. Yeah, and he would be embarrassed if if I uh, <laughs> if he knew I said, said that, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, set, brought him up, but um,
0: it's I think okay. it's, it's I think only it's true. like us. And you know, sixty, ten, ten, 60 seventy, tens thousand tens other people. of thousands people. of other people. Yeah. So, th- just
1: think about that, because for the other people in the pew, um, maybe that will have an impact on them. Like, wow, that guy really. He's, mm-hmm. you know, like, I don't. I'm not saying it will, but, um, you know, you can you can only do what you can do, and the Holy Spirit will we'll do the rest, okay? So, if you give the Holy Spirit an inch, he can, he can do infinite. He can do infinity. Forget a mile. So, I just wanted to bring that up, because I think, um, you know, it's the Eucharistic Revival. We all should be, and I'm really thinking of myself, receiving the Holy Eucharist. Obviously, you have to do it in a state of grace. You know, I, I'm kind of assuming that everybody who's listening to our show knows you have to receive the Eucharist in a state of grace, but maybe I shouldn't just assume that. If you are not in a state of grace, meaning that you have mortal sin on your soul, you may not receive the Eucharist. It is a, it is a mortal sin to receive the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ if you have mortal sin on your soul. You're compounding sin upon sin. This is what Paul, St. Paul talks about. That He says this is why many of you are sick and dying, because you have not discerned the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ.
0: So, Doesn't sound like a symbol there.
1: No, it doesn't. In fact, uh, I think John says, you will know the Antichrist when he who denies Jesus come in the flesh. Which I think can
0: aptly be applied to the Eucharist. Right? It's just such a wonderful gift. And um, it's transformative in your life. Uh, It gives your soul... It's only almost trans... Well, it isn't. Never mind. Uh, uh, I was gonna say it's yeah. trans. We're, but... we're just gonna like go ahead and commit heresy <laughs> yeah. here on Eucharistic <laughs> heresies. Uh but it's such a gift, it's transformative. It is the life of uh the 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 Christian soul. And because it's such a, a precious gift that I like we've done nothing to merit it and it's transformed the way you and I have lived. Yeah. All I want is for other people to experience that as well because it's such a beautiful, like it's such a uh, intimate, loving, like uh, all-encompassing moment uh, that I, I, just, I just desire it for everybody.
1: Yeah, and you know, um, I've just got a couple other things I want to say. I was about to have one more thing and then it's like, oh, I actually have another thing. Um, okay. Make sure when you receive the Eucharist that you do so with an intention. Uh, every time you go to Mass, mm, yeah, that's a good one.
0: You yeah. need to have, um, you know, the great, priest. The, great, great way to do this is on the way to Mass. Everybody in the van uh, offers up one thing that they're going to be praying for. In I am assuming a van like this. Obviously, <laughs> what, it's a van. Obviously, it's a van. You are a Catholic family, but like whoever, like as you are driving to Mass, everybody in the in the vehicle, uh, like makes a statement of, here's what I'm praying for at Mass today. Yep. And this is, like, also, like, it's not just for your children or just for your, you know, spouse or anything like that, but it's also for you. It, like, orients yourself knowing, like, okay, I'm about to go to the holy sacrifice of the Mass. What am I bringing to the altar? Like, what like what intentions am I giving our Lord? Uh, and it's, it's just yeah. very intentional. It's something that, we, you know, our family has been doing for a while, and I think that has transformed the way uh not only i think but like the way my kids think yeah. about going to mass
1: yeah so have an intention if you don't have an in, if if you if you think well i don't have one offer it up for fallen away catholics mm-hmm. offer it up for the people in your parish who don't for believe, poor souls in, purgatory. Who don't believe like, in the, so in the real things. presence yeah. okay and the other thing the last thing i want to add is you know, I know i know on the show we've mentioned that uh at my judgment this is something i've said before like I am sure I will wish I had suffered more in my life. And as I was preparing this today, it made me realize, you know, I think there's something that I will regret even more. And it's that I didn't go to mass more often. Because if I'm honest about it, I could go every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have to make, sac- I would have to, like, make some sacrifices. Mm-hmm. I'd have to, you know, choose what is it that, what's really important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could go every day and there was a very brief time in my life. It was a couple months where I was basically, I was almost going every day. I was going five, I was going six, at least six days a week and it was so great. Um, and then my work situation changed and my schedule changed, you know, and so that all kind of, Mm -hmm. I quit doing that, but, um, so I just the other the only other challenge I want to you know, hey, challenge one, think about how you're receiving the Eucharist. Do it, um, you know, does your outward appearance really s- suggest do other people think that you think you're receiving the God of the universe right now? Right? Um is does it look like that's what you're doing? The other this thing this goes
0: for priests as well.
1: Yes, yeah, it does. Um it goes for everybody. The other thing is, uh are you you're going to mass often enough because it, if it really is, and if you really believe that this is the source, of this summit? is the God of the universe mm-hmm. that is, is once a week, you know, like if, if Jesus was really showing up apparition style, every mass at your local parish, you think you'd only be there once on, you right. know, on Sunday, you know, so can, well, and should we be going to mass more often? That's, That's uh, uh, what I want us all to think about. And once again, I'm just talking to myself, and I know that other people are listening to me talk to myself. But this is why we have a
0: podcast. That's right. Anything else? Love Jesus. Go to adoration. Go to Mass. Love your family. Also, join our Patreon. (laughs)